you in the name of all that is good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. You know, lyrics of music, like poetry, is, is interpreted based upon the consciousness and viewpoint of the person who hears it. And as I listened to those words of that tune of the writer, in my view, he's referring to the essence of life. He's referring to the essence of love itself. And it's something we cannot see, but is oh so real. And that something flows within us and around us. It seems to be hidden, but is readily accessible. It's in, in our plain awareness. But as the song says, we just have to turn off our minds, relax, and float downstream, as it says in that wonderful, wonderful tune. Emily Kading whose text, Lessons in Truth, I've been basing my talks on these last few weeks, calls it the secret place of the Most High. Or we can call it, you know, that dynamic still point. It's that point where we have a mystical contact with this thing we call spirit. And we can call it a dynamic still point because the moment we pull our attention inward, and we begin to still our surface mind, begin to still our calculating mind, something dynamic happens. When the surface mind becomes still and a dynamic peace takes over, it's a peace of love and joy and well-being and courage and convictions. It begins to reshape our life. You know, in fact, I, I say that if we wake up rearing to go, and stillness is not part of the day, then what we've done is merely brought our past experience of life into this moment. We may have spiced it up with a little imagination, and then we've gone out in the world, the same person we were yesterday. But we're here to grow and unfold. You know, oftentimes, individuals, before they get up a bed in the morning, or whether it's the morning, maybe they get up at the crack of noon, and they're already thinking about what they have to get done that day. You know, maybe during this pandemic time, you know, you may have cut down on your activities. But by habit, we're probably all still preoccupied with what we're going to do regardless of the downtime we have. Or perhaps like me, at speaking about myself, telling on myself. At times, you know, you may get up 
in the habit of, of, of late as possible to avoid the morning exercise. And as a result, you know, you may end up leaping out of bed in a hurry to begin the day. But all that does is add up the tension and it begins producing shock to the system. You know, the blood pressure begins to soar. We stress our hormones and into our bloodstream. And we may feel awake, but it's more a survival signal and not a sign of true vigor. And that doesn't last long. And then if you add listening to the news, oh, my God, you begin to add tension, producing ingredients that begin the day. But there is another way. Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity with his wife, calls it the silence. And he says that all power has birth in the silence. And everything else is nothing more than evidence of a spent vibration, of spent energy. When you begin your morning with silence, despite the demands of the day, you'll be ready to navigate the day more effectively and with increased calm energy. That's the secret place. And we want to leverage that secret place. I would say we all go there at some point or another. Sometimes it's against our will or we're not doing it consciously. It's not always planned. I remember when I was many, many years ago, I went to a friend's apartment, would hang out with some other people at the time. And, you know, my friend was, you know, he was the person who was ahead of his time because he had a 24-hour pharmacy. He had it open 24 hours a day, and, you know, he had some things that, you know, you couldn't sell at a regular pharmacist. And you understand what I'm saying. You know, now it's legal, but he had his own pharmacy. And I remember we were sitting around. We were watching some football, I think, that day. And then suddenly, out of the blue, somebody knocked on the door and said, hey, you know, we got some watches we want to sell. Do you guys want to look at some of these watches? And he let the guy in and. And he and his other partner walked in, and they didn't pull out any watches. They pulled out some guns. And, you know, they made everybody kind of get against the wall and go on the balcony, and they, they took everybody's wallet, took money out of it. And, and, you know, I was hanging out with some people that I don't hang out with anymore after that. But when we went out there, everything became still. Everything became quiet. And I didn't realize it at the time, but you know, we had reached that dynamic still point. But here's the thing, that dynamic still point or that secret place of the Most High was achieved through crisis. And from my perspective, everything stopped. Yes, the calculating mind ceased. We weren't caught up in the drama, at least I wasn't. We saw everything from a wider purview. I acted appropriately and sensed that I was divinely protected, maintained, and sustained in that moment. I figured it was going to be all right. I didn't resist what was happening. But the challenge for us is this, who are walking the spiritual path, is to achieve that dynamic secret place without the aid of a crisis and begin to develop strategies and ways of life so that the moment by moment we are courting this secret place that is within us and without us. As was being sung earlier, 
We're talking about within and without. And so we want to allow that dynamic goodness within us to run the show. When I was early in that path, I'd asked a spiritual teacher who seemed to have it all together. I was trying to learn more about, you know, being centered and centering prayer and meditation and how I could augment my own practice because I was early on the path. And he said to me, well, you know what you have to do? You have to start your day with silence. Take 20 or 30 minutes of silence and then stop every hour throughout the morning and sense the presence. And then in the middle of the day, every hour, just stop again. And then at the end of the day, take another 30 or min minutes or so to commune with the presence. And I was listening to him and I looked at him and I said, man, you would have to be superhuman to do something like that. And his response to me was quite enlightening. As he said, anyone not doing this is superhuman. And he said, can you imagine trying to get through the day and trying to climb up the ladder of success? Can you imagine trying to get through the day every single day, trying to heal your body temple? Can you imagine trying to solve a litany of the problems that you face on a day-to-day -day basis? Or trying to get the right people to make your business a success? He might, he might be saying today, imagine trying to navigate through what we're going through today, this pandemic. He said, if anyone is doing that without a centering practice, without a meditation practice to keep yourself grounded, they would be superhuman. We're relying on our own wits. And he said, we don't want to rely on our own might and power. We don't want to rely on our own wits to get through the day. We want to be super spiritual while we go through this human experience, allowing this something that, as you know, I call God, this something that is greater than ourselves to serve as the wind beneath our wings. Understand, we are here to find that secret place. And that secret place is a mystical contact with the spirit. You know, we may get a glimpse of it in a single experience like that experience I went through when those folks were robbing us. But that is a fleeting experience. And at best, it is just a starting point to get you introduced to it because the full development of God consciousness is a continual process of growth. And it often takes time. But wherever we start is a good start to start with the silence. And silence can be expectantly passive and waiting for God, waiting for the force, waiting for the divine, whatever we want to call it, to enter our awareness. For that, we have to quiet our minds. We have to quiet our minds from the external distractions so that we can connect with the force that only we can do it. The only way we connect with God is to go there directly. No one can do it for us. You know, we hear the master teacher, Jesus Christ, telling us in Matthew, the sixth chapter and sixth verse, that we should go to our inner chamber and we should lock the door and pray to God who is in secret. And God who is in secret and sees you in secret will reward you openly. There is a power in that secret place. When you go within and lock the door symbolically, 
meaning that you're not available to the influence of the external world. That's what it's all about. Now, here's the thing. And it's always interesting to, to observe those thoughts that pass through our awareness and our minds. And it'll focus on everything but the here and now, the nowness of this moment where all the power is. I remember the very first time I went on a seven-day silent retreat. I was really looking forward to it. And that retreat was full of times for meditation and, 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 and mindful thinking. And there was walking meditation and eating meditation and working meditation. It was done all in the silence for seven days. Now, this was the first time I'd done an extended retreat like that. And at first I thought I was going to lose my mind just listening to my thoughts. Because so many of them were coming up. You know, I, I wouldn't want to reveal them to anyone. I might put them in my journal. But those thoughts that are coming up, once I wrote them down, I would burn them. But aside from those crazy thoughts... Most of my thinking and those thoughts that I have fell into the category of not being in the here and now. And they went something like this. What's going to happen in my future? Let me tell you about my past. My thoughts were, what's going to happen in the future? What's, let me tell you about my past. I was never present to the moment because I was saying this is what happened in my past or what's going to happen in my future. That's how my mind was going. And so for the first couple of days, I was never in the here and now. I was never in the nowness of the moment to experience what God is and what the universe has in store for me and has in store for all of us for that matter. I was fully aware of the type of conversations most of us have in our heads. You know, I don't know about you, but we probably all have those conversations in our minds where we're complaining or commiserating about what's going on about some other individual. And then we repeat those complaints and commiserations like someone who's neurotic, just going over and over and over again. And if someone was sitting next to us and said that to us, you know, out loud, we would not put up with it. But because it is our own inner talk, my own inner talk, we become fascinated by it. And we let it go on almost indefinitely, unabated, until something comes along to interrupt it. But the matter, fact of the matter is our soul longs to be one with God. And what we do we have to have a private tryst with the living spirit in that secret place. And we do that by observing those thoughts without attachment until we get to the point we realize we have thoughts. Yes, we have them, but we're not our thoughts. And those thoughts do not have us. And after a while, once we let them be, not resisting them, not fighting them, those thoughts let us us be because we're not fighting them or resisting them in any way we let them just float on by and eventually what happens they settle down so there's a union between our personal awareness and the divine presence the Vietnamese monk 
Thich Han tells of a story of how we really get to that divine presence. He said he was in his home and he was inside, he was meditating. And his niece was outside playing with some of her friends and after a while of running around, they got very thirsty. And they ran into where, you know, Thich Nhat Han was and her niece said to him, Uncle Monk, Uncle Monk, we're thirsty. And so Thich Nhat Han, you know, you know, got three glasses for her, one for his niece and, and the other two people he was, that he, his niece was playing with. And he started pouring them apple juice and the first two got the apple juice. And the third one was apple juice that was filled with pulp. And his niece said to him, I don't want that dirty apple juice. And Thich Nhat Hanh said to her, you know, that's the good stuff. That's where all the nutrients are. That's good. And she was so upset. I don't want that dirty apple juice. And so she went back inside. I was trying to she went back outside. And then she came back inside because she got thirsty again. And she said to uncle, to her uncle, Uncle Monk, I'm still thirsty. And then she said, well, I still have the apple juice. And she looked at the apple juice and all of the pulp had settled to the bottom. And then she said to him, oh, Uncle Monk, that's what you do when you meditate. We settle those thoughts so they no longer are disturbing us. Our goal is to get into that space, to get that secret place of the Most High, or the gap, as Deepak Chopra calls it. Because there's a power in that dynamic secret place. It allows you, it allows me to develop our center of gravity within our very soul. And we're no longer trying to find our balance by leaning on something outside of ourselves. Because what we really long for, what, we, what our soul longs for is to be one with the presence, to be one with the presence of God. Because it's not possible to find full satisfaction from outer things alone, for there are mere illusions. They're mere illusions of satisfaction, and by their very nature cannot truly be satisfying. You know, when we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, in the shadow of the Almighty, it gives you a feeling tone of good in your life. And you'll begin to see an entirely different world. We are to step up into that world. Yes, we'll have trials and tribulations. That's the ups and downs of the life experience. But the moment we touch the realm of the infinite in that dynamic secret place, that point of dynamic stillness, there will be a shift of awareness. There'll be a shift in consciousness. And you'll see and sense and feel the truth that tr is transformed by the renewing of your mind. Whatever we're going through, individually and collectively, whatever you're going through right now, whatever seems to be passing through your awareness has no power over you when you hang out in that secret place of the Most High and are captured by this dynamic still point. This is what meditation is all about. This is what centering prayer is all about. 
It's about communing with that presence is all about. Some reach it through begging and beseeching. And if you do that, what happens? You just exhaust yourself and you get to that dynamic still point. You cry. You beg. Maybe you scream, God! But you become so tired, you become still. And of course, we may think that God or the force or the divine has finally answered us. But this presence is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is changeless. It is always speaking to us. All we have to do is be still enough to hear it. It is always there. You know, I, I remember a story about, you know, the pop, king of pop, Michael Jackson, who passed away a number of years ago. And at this particular time, he was working and working all day and all night. And, you know, his manager had said, you know, why don't you take a rest and take a break? And he said, no, I have to stay awake and because uh, I have to catch these, these ideas, catch this inspiration from, from, from the, the force, I catch this inspiration from God. And, and, the, and the manager said to Michael Jackson, you know, I'm sure that if you rest, you know, you'll still be able to come back and get those ideas from God. And, and Michael Jackson said, no, because if I rest, God might give those ideas to Prince, and that's his rival. A friendly rival, I think they had. But the point of the story is this. God is always present for us. You know, we've evolved out of the consciousness of a God being somewhere else other than where we are. We've evolved from a jealous God and a God getting upset at us into the awareness that God is love. And as Larry, Larry sang that song, it says, with love we can save the world if we only know and realize it's all within yourself. So we come to the awareness that our begging and beseeching just tired us out. And we became so exhausted that stillness happened. And in that point of stillness, we hear, be still. I, God, am in the midst of you. And with that, we realize that secret place. We realize that dynamic still point. And we have connected to the thing that is the most important thing we can always connect to, the presence and the power and the love of God, where all the power is. And so it is, and so we let it be. Peace and blessings to you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transforming